Milk of Cornbread, Episode 7, Ask Cornbread. I don't know about this. we got to have an Ask Milk episode then. Yeah, definitely have to have that. So, this is 7. We made it to 7. I believe that's right. Uh, we're here with producer Colin, Milk and Cornbread, and Scout the Collie is hanging out with us outside. But we got a different episode today. I'm actually going to ask Cornbread questions and put them on the spot. Uh, just like I would ask him a million questions if we were sitting in the driveway. It seems like that's what happens anyways. Is that we'll start talking and I'll start asking you questions and you start rolling. And uh, that's why, you know, I think I think you might be one of the wisest people I know. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. Well, I when, I, when, I, when I hear you start saying stuff, I'm, either, I'm I like, either, either he's full of it. Or he's the wisest person I know. Or, or yeah, I don't know about wise, but we gotta give a shout out to our producer, um, producer Colin. Yeah. Shout out. Fifteen nominations. Oh yeah. So, uh, if you, for those of you who are listening, the Fifty Four Film Fest uh, last week, this side up, and you can find it on ColinSharan.com, and he had fifteen nominations. Tomando. 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 <laughs> You gotta watch it to understand that, but that is that is important to Mondo. Uh, you gotta watch it. It's nice. hilarious. This Thursday, he finds out if he wins anything, which I think he's gonna win something. He's got to. Uh, at the and I think it was actually 16 when you count audience, audience choice. choice. But I think everybody was nominated for audience choice. So, but still, 16 nominations. First year you had one. Zero. You didn't have any the first year. Nope. So the first year as a 15 year old yeah. had zero. The second year, as a 16-year-old, he had two. He got a runner-up Best Actor uh, on the on the film Burn, which is also on ColinStrand.com. And then this year, 15. And so that just kind of proves what our little final saying is in all of our episodes, then, doesn't it? That's absolutely right. That is absolutely right. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Uh, definitely patient. Absolutely. Definitely patient. Um, yeah, so at some point in time, we probably need to, one episode, we need to just interview producer Colin. Sure. We'll do that one of these days and have a conversation with him, or maybe he can, maybe we can flip it and he interviews us. We'll see what it goes. We'll see where it goes. This one though is going to be me asking Cornbread some important questions that I've had on my mind for the past few days, and I think um, he might be able to answer. So let me tell you this. I thought I think this is interesting. You know I'm a big stockbroker, right? Do you know I was in the stocks? I did not. Yeah, uh, I downloaded the Cash app. And uh, okay. I put ten dollars in, and I bought um, Southwest Airlines, <laughs> okay, Tesla, yeah, that's it, yeah, and Disney. Yeah, I am down thirty cents right now. Okay, <laughs> was that from Southwest? Yeah. Well, let's see. The uh, whole market took a bath today, a little bit. Today so. it did. That's interesting because that's coming. That's the reason why I bring it up. So uh, Southwest is really. Probably my down. I don't know. Tesla might be way down too. They made a huge run, so I don't. I haven't looked. Actually, Tesla's that. up. Yeah. Tesla's up twenty cents. Yeah. Uh, Southwest is down. I think twenty. I don't know. Something like that. But it's it's interesting how this works. But so on the So you can do. There's different apps. I chose the Cash App. You can you can buy stocks like for a dollar. I mean, you literally. It's not. You're not obviously don't have whole shares. But so I'm I'm just messing around with it to see proportional what's shares. Yeah, yeah that's so, pretty neat. I didn't know that existed. So there's other ones like if you look on here, um, EA Sports or uh, not EA Sports, Electronic Arts. 
is up 1.31%. Uh, Twitter is down. AT&T's down. McDonald's is down. General Electric's down. Coca-Cola's down. Visa's down. Apple up. Walmart yeah, up. Nike down. Yeah, the NASDAQ was up today, but the... The two uh, marijuana stocks that I'm watching are both down, which I thought was surprising. I think it's did. all just a function of the whole market being broadly down today. Well, since we're talking about that, and, and if you do get on the Cash App, make sure you find me. I get $5 if my friends join. But, nice. Uh, nice. It, and that's no, that is not an advertisement for Cash App, by the way. We're not getting advertisement, but I, no. I thought it was pretty cool. The mother yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan has a different name for it, but... So, with that being said, as we talk about uh, stock market, question number one for me. All right, 2020, which may go down as one of the craziest years in history. Sure. We've had a pandemic. We've had murder hornets. <laughs> we've had cities on fire from riots. It's going to be a trivia question to put them in order and, of when they came <laughs> along the timeline. We've had unprecedented unemployment rate because of the pandemic. Up and down. And High and low, yeah. This month, actually in the, the trending upward except for today, the stock market is up. It is. So why is that? That's that's my question for you. And so we have all these things, and I think, I think when I told Colin I was going to ask you this, Colin said that could take 45 minutes in itself, and it may or may not. It may take five minutes. But I, we all these things that are bad are and the stock market's going up why uh i don't have a good answer for you um that's a i think that's a question i've seen that question asked because is the stock market representative of the average person um the reasons that they give you is that they say that the markets are always looking forward and so uh when they hear bad news it's exponential and when they hear good news it's the same so you look at last it wasn't 30 days ago 40 days ago oil closed at negative 35 dollars a barrel yeah it was almost 40 dollars a barrel the other day until a, a small drawback just because the saudis i don't think you're going to agree to these voluntary cuts much longer but uh they, they don't want the 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 american uh, producers back in the game um, so I suspect that they'll start pumping again. But anyway, uh, I don't have an answer for it. The, the only answer that I have is, and again, I guess it's boring probably half because it seems to all, 90% of what I think funnels back to one thing, and you're going to laugh. But if left to the market, left to itself, I got to think that we're still down in... I mean, we're down farther. We're, we're, you know, but then all of a sudden the Fed comes in and pumps three, four trillion dollars in liquidity into the markets. What they're doing, nobody's even discussing. But the Federal Reserve is buying junk bonds. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're getting these proxy companies to go in and they're buying junk bonds of companies that are worthless. And they're telling you, and so as soon as the Fed goes in, then, then you've got these institutional buyers and all these other people that pile right on because they know that their money's guaranteed. So whatever return they're going to get, so it's they're basically picking wins and winners and losers, and all that really amounted to is is a lot of the people who knew what was coming, like some of these politicians that the FBI has been looking into, they were able to get out of you know the average person who had a 401k is pretty much who lost their butt, um, you know the it's the, it's the biggest case in my lifetime of the rich getting richer, 
Uh, it's the biggest power grab and money grab in my lifetime. Funny Without question. <laughs> funny, funny you should say that because they. Uh, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan and, and uh, the lady on there said, I can't remember the exact quote, but she said that the stock market is, uh, wow, how'd she say it? Um, a graph of a, a graph of the rich man's feelings. It is. And I thought that, I was like, wow, that is, and she said, she didn't take credit for it. She said she saw it on Twitter somewhere, but that the stock market is a graph of, of the rich man's feelings. Sure. I, I don't, and I was hoping you'd go a little bit with the reserves and talk about that because that, that blows my mind that, you know, what, if, if we, let's just say that we had more control than what we had and we decided to do what these big powerful families or rich folks do in the stock market, we'd go to prison. What that about? I mean, well, we, you would never be allowed to be able to invent mousetraps that these people control. So when you when you can just hit enter and send a bit a trillion dollars of liquidity into the, the 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 United States markets with by just hitting an enter button, nothing really exists on the other end. The money doesn't exist. And when you can do that, and then you turn around, excuse me, and you turn around and you put that trillion dollars on your balance sheet, which is what those families did vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Federal Reserve, and then, you, but you really never expect to get that money back. All you ever expect to get back is the interest on it, and the interest is paid in real money. So you're, this was all the, the Fed was. That's why they've been saying you've been hearing the the Federal Reserve Chairman say now for the last two or three months, hey, the window is open, the Fed window is open. I mean, they're they're back in and do it because they're going to put ten trillion on their balance sheet, of which we're going to owe them X percent. And they're going to get their interest payments because it's back because the federal government's going to see to it that they do. But where does that come from? It comes from it comes from taxpayer. It come, yeah, that money does come, and that's real money that gets paid back to them. You call it real money; it's all fiat money. But it, but they're getting paid back interest on money that never existed in the first place, and they put that in the markets, and everybody felt, oh, you know, it. This is where I'm maybe not cut out to even be a common, even even say my opinions out loud. No, I think I, I think this is exactly why because when I was when when they first announced a few months ago that the Fed was in, injecting all this liquidity, all those people on CNBC all sat back in their chairs and said a sign of relief. Oh, thank God! And I remember Jan and I were sitting there watching it, and I sat up. It was in the morning. It was like six o'clock in the morning on CNBC, and I sat up in bed and said, "Oh dear God, we did the exact opposite." You know what I mean? And so maybe that says something about my level of just not knowing high finance and that's I, I accept that but I do know that when you you know it's 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 like this this is what I talking to my dad about because this is the part I don't fully understand if you were to go try to buy a house and they said okay um, you need to show having $50,000 in a bank account right to get this size house or whatever and you said okay so you went out and got an unsecured loan for $50,000 from some other entity and you put it in your bank account, and then you went to your bank and said, look, here, I've got $50,000 in an account. The bank would look at you and say, yeah, but you just went and got that money from nothing. It's not really, well, but that's what, that's that's what our whole country's financial system is based on. 
That's why the whole house of cards theory. Now you've got people coming out. I've read a few stories lately that they're calling for a dollar dollar uh, plunge, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But again, these people are supposedly. You know, we watched Colin and I got into got into uh, Brad Meltzer a few years back. He had a show called uh, Decoded. Decoded. Mm -hmm. Decoded. Did you ever watch that? Mm -hmm. And there was one about Fort Knox, and there there's a, there was a question as to whether or not there was anything in there, like if right. there was anything in like. And, and they asked some. They asked some experts. They asked different experts. I'll, I'll never forget this. And they, I remember they said, uh, "Okay, let's pretend that we are able to see into the vault, and we open the doors, and there's nothing in there. What happens?" And and they were like, "The world falls apart immediately." And that's and so these now these weren't government officials. Yeah. These were these might have been economists or former Knox. Fort Knox people, but they they all said the same thing. They were like, "It'll be bad." See, I don't. I don't, I tend to disagree. I I think that there's so much. We're we're spend, we're so far off the gold standard, that that the price of gold uh, isn't as much a reflection of the show you watch on TV. It's being traded as uh, people run to gold as a safe haven, right? I mean, they pull out of stocks one week because things are going to hell in a handbasket. And they go, and all of a sudden the gold price would go up because it's like a safe place to. So I don't, I don't fully even understand how you can trade something like that because you never really take. It's almost like oil. You've got these people that are allowed to trade a commodity without ever taking possession of the commodity. See, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand. They're they're pushing for like they're pushing to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Some people are pushing to get rid of, rid of the Federal Reserve and then using commodities as your currency or or. So, lack of better words, Nicaragua would have bananas and sugarcane or whatever it may be, but that's going to be what backs their currency. Right. And, I, and the the problem with that is that China would, because of labor, they they would immediately, uh, they they would probably use labor as their currency, and they would export it all over the world. And China would, we're already close enough to being sort of second fiddle to them anyway. Um, but there is a, there are certainly people who make an argument, and there's some legitimate points about the world's currency, not the the, the hard currency for the world, uh, not being the dollar someday. It may not be in my lifetime, but um, see, I wonder if it's going to be electronic, like every like like that's what Bitcoin so or much cryptocurrency, that type of thing. You think about, uh, and then of course with this with this whole pandemic. Uh, people start questioning I'm, I'm over here playing with a quarter you know while i'm talking but think about how much how much how many germs are passed on currency uh, and people are going to say well we can't use currency anymore so that that pushes that whole well uh, you know Bitcoin i don't, I don't or, know or cryptocurrency because... or electronic transfer which means it which which reminds me of a story you told me about uh somebody you knew who, who was withdrawing money from yeah. a bank and it's all electronic now yeah. almost almost all electronic I don't know that there'll, there'll be a time when you need cash. Try to get a hundred thousand dollars cash, huh? Unless you're going to the strip club, I mean, right? And you don't. If you take a hundred grand to a strip club, we need to talk because you <laughs> you really need to maybe you know. But uh, it, it's it's going to get you know. I guess it could get weird. I never thought any of these things. I'll be honest about this part of it. You know, a lot of this stuff is fun to talk about, but I always in the back of my mind would say, oh, I'm not really worried because that could never happen. Well, what I'm witnessing right now. I don't say that anymore. I think anything could happen because uh, it's it's unbelievable um, at the level of stupidity that exists. I mean, the reality of it is, it's it's not. 
an informed or intelligent position to say that, and I'm not trying to get the conversation head in a different direction, but, you know, you, 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 oh, I completely understand why you're burning down your own neighborhood. It's just not a, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't see the, I don't see the, what, the wisdom in it at all. No, I, I think it's funny because, uh, well, not really funny. It's kind of scary to be honest with you, what you said that you're living these things that you thought it's almost like you're in a bad dystopian book. It is. And, and like 1984, 1984. And, yep. and, but, but let me throw this out at you. Modern, modern time, 1984, weird stuff is, uh, one of the one of the shows I would relate to that is uh, Black Mirror. Have you watched Black Mirror? No, yet? but I've seen the thing on there. All right, so Black Mirror is on Netflix, and it is wicked. Is it's it? weird. I'm talking about the very first one. I'm not even recommending anybody to watch it because I don't want them to tie that first episode to me. <laughs> but but I watched. I was at I was at Planet Fitness working out, and I turned it on, and there were times where I was looking behind me to see if anybody was watching me watch it. It's one of those. It's. I'm telling you, it is un. The first episode. The first episode, the first however many minutes of the first episode, you're gonna you're gonna literally say out loud explicitives about the first episode. Wow. Now, with that being said, what I what reason I'm telling you this is because the author or the writer of Black Mirror, the whatever he is, the creator of Black Mirror, is not doing any episodes right now. You know why? Because he said right now is just like his show and it's too weird. He said, he said, oh, that's interesting. He said, what's going on in the world right now is too close to what he comes up with on Black Mirror, yeah. and it's just not the right time. It's bad time for that. And, and that, to me, blows my mind. I'm with you, man. I, I thought we, we, we've had a good run, if you think about it. And, and yeah, but you've gone from, I guess it would, it would be, you know, this is the band aid being ripped off. This isn't getting into the water gently. This is jumping in, regardless. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we went from some semblance of normalcy, which to me, the Democratic Party wanting to get Trump and all that stuff—that's normal. You know, I mean, that's all you hear. That's the, that's normal. But then to go from that to you have—I mean, what happened in Chicago this past weekend? And did you? I mean, they had a thing today where their people were going. You know, the the, the state legislatures were going after the mayor. Saying, "Are you kidding? They're shooting at cops. They, there's, it's lawlessness. It's just I, I never would have thought that 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 it would get to this point where people are scared to defend them. Mayors or I think and governors are scared to actually do something about it because of the way that the media is going to spin everything. Right. If they if they send in the SWAT team or they send in the military, well, they're the bad guys, and all of a sudden it's all over the media." Uh, yeah, it's 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 insanity, man. We're living, we might be living 1984 or, or any of those. Uh, what is the end, what does it look like at the end of this? Though? Some people say it might be Jesus coming back. I don't. <laughs> for those believers, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, and and I don't necessarily not not to say that I believe that. I'm just saying yeah, that I understand. It, it is a it is a I don't know, man. I, and somebody made the comment the other day, and I thought about this. Somebody said. Do you think it's what our parents felt like in the 60s? Do you think this is kind of the same thing? Because, you know, because it does seem like the world was kind of falling apart in the 60s when you had Vietnam going on and the, and the, they had yeah. riots and they had things like that. What Did our parents go through, did they feel the same? My mom's still alive, and she doesn't act like it was like this in the 60s. I mean, she, 
I think she talks about it being difficult, but I think she's even saying this is weirder than she's ever. Well, I think that I think that people, the assumption is that when you get people in chaos and totally irrational situations, that you're going to be able to get people to agree to certain things, even to go against their better judgment, just because of the looming threat of more of this nonsense. Instead of somebody saying, no, I'm not going to back off on, you know, I mean, some of this stuff about defund. Hey, man, I'm one of those people that says, I watched Minneapolis that night, and I watched what happened when the police and all of them just completely left. If that's what they want, what I saw on TV that night, you can go back and watch the footage to see what it would be like if you did that all the time. If that's what you want, I want you to have that. So maybe those people should get what they want. And, uh, um, you know, it's... I can't believe that people are, and and God rest her soul, my grandmother would be sitting here today spitting out everything she heard on CNN if she were sitting here <laughs> as to why it's Trump's fault. That And again, I'm not sitting here defending Trump. I mean, I'm not a huge Trump fan, So, but it's it's it would be all his fault, just like it was George Bush's fault. George Bush was the worst thing in the world, the devil, and this, that, and the other. When he got elected for eight years, it was Bush, Bush, Bush. And then uh, I'm sure the Republicans did the same thing with Obama. And um, and now it's just Trump, 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 everything. I, I, so, you know, I would tell my grandmother when she was alive, I would say, let's just agree that politicians do things we all hate, okay? And we hate most of them, and that is true. But what is the statistical probability that everything that goes wrong in life is one person's one fault? One person's fault. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, yes. It, it does that makes does that does that make some sense to you? And it, you know, it would just piss her off, and she didn't want to talk about it. But I, I had a Democrat friend tell me tell me today. Uh, they said, "Man, sometimes I just wish we had Bush back." Yeah, <laughs> but do you remember those years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of Bush lied, yeah. kids died, yeah, and yeah. All, oh I yeah, mean, all it, that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. It, it was just, and I'm no, I'm, I am a huge non-supporter of Bush 43 and 41. I cannot, I can't, I'm sure he is a very nice man. I would think that he would sit right here. I would assume that the Harold and Guantanamo movie where he was on that is accurate. Okay. Yeah, so. And so I would assume that yeah. he would sit here and talk to us because yeah. I think he's that kind of guy. I think he would. And I wouldn't mind breaking bread with the guy, but as a president, he was abysmal. And, you know, you, you... You introduced a Medicare Part D drug program that no no elderly person was asking for. Just an entitlement that sort of slipped through the cracks. And the reason it slipped through is because the media was sitting there going, the less we talk about this, the better. Because we, we love entitlements. And his own party doesn't even really know he's doing it. You know, and and then when they fly these planes into a building... Uh, Changed everything. You know, and let me ask you that question. I know you want to ask me questions, but that... Well, I guess one conversation can lead to another. Um, do you think, because George Bush, 43, stood on that pile of rubble, and when he stood there, he got so emotional, and I think he felt overcome by the power of a supreme being, the power of people looking to him for action, all that coming together. And I believe that he thought and still thinks that spreading freedom to all corners of the globe, including the Middle East, is a noble and a worthwhile and a, pro a proper use of our military and our financial 
uh, available our, our, our financial our, our assets. Um, do you agree that that's see? The case? That's I mean, that, you know, if you asked me that 20 years ago, I probably would have said immediately said yes. But that's where I kind of agree with Tulsi, and and think that some people just don't want it. Like we could spend the next hundred years in Afghanistan. Will not. And, and we'll never, we'll never, I mean, there's people who, there's, break, don't, don't get me wrong, there's people in Afghanistan who want freedom. Yeah, but break open a history book and wars in Afghanistan. Right. It's been going on. Nobody's ever won there. Nobody. Not even the Russians. The Russians, oh, uh, yeah, these poor guys in, in uh, uh, little uh, uh, pants that were too short for them and little vests are standing there taking Sikorsky's out of the sky back in 1978. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I just can't. I, I I struggle and and I took I took several classes in college, uh, some Latin American politics classes, which I fell in love with that whole genre of of political science. And the reason why was because it was so convoluted and revolutionary from the 1900s all the way up until the 80s, even 90s. And and it, it was the same thing. You know, we're in there trying to push our freedom. On people who are like, nah, and, and and really the only reason I think it makes sense for this area is because, like Cuba, for instance, is 80 miles south from the tip of Florida. That's that's a that could be a potential threat for the United States. Afghanistan, I'm not sure it can be, and so that was that was more of the focus then was we got to make sure they're on our side. Let me ask you that about Cuba because you can you might can answer this question for me. And we hey, it's turned into. Cornbread asking milk questions. That's okay. Uh, I, we, got, I got at least in with one question for sure that went. Oh, we got we got plenty. We got oh, plenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have tried to install leaders in the most difficult Iran, for example, the Shah in the late seventies and six. Okay, uh, Pavlavi was his name, I think. Anyway, he was a puppet for the West. I don't think anybody denied that. He left in, you know, when they yeah. when they deposed him and Khomeini came out in 79 is when all this craziness started. But anyway, we've been able to put our people in as leaders all over the world in some of the most dangerous places on earth. Why is it that this little bitty island off the tip of Florida, we can't seem to figure out how to get them to where they're friendly to us by changing their I mean, and that was he uh, Castro was our guy. Castro was our guy. Yeah, well, that and that changed. That did change. And when that changed, I think we should have have dealt with that. And and I, I just Cuba's always baffled me. It's baffled me. You know, because you talk to Canadian people and say, "Where's your favorite place in the world to go on vacation?" They say, "Oh, the beaches in Cuba are yeah. great." Yeah. They say, "We love Cuba because, uh, you know, the sense." I mean, they, they, they have to rely on people like us to come down there because nobody from America can go there for however many decades. And so, which I thought was the dumbest. Oh, it's just it's what for. I mean, what what possible reason? I think it, I think it was I think it was spiteful. I well, it was the missiles. I mean, it, it it's got to. That's the last real. That was was that not the last real thing that that, that really pretty uh, much. But but I think everything everything about that was we'll show you, we'll show you little Cuba that we're that that you're you're going to be punished for your role with your connection with Russia. And I think it's hilarious, actually, because, you know, we we deal, we still deal on a regular basis with, we talked about this the other night, we deal with, we deal with China, we deal with Russia, but we don't deal with Cuba. And and if you, if you've ever studied any Latin American politics or American politics, you, you, uh, you know that that's our sphere of influence. We did, we, we, we go and we, 
interact with Venezuela, we interact with Nicaragua, we interact with Panama, all these countries in, in South America, in Central America, but not Cuba. And I think it's it's a spiteful thing. You remember Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. The movie Red Dawn. Every movie in the 80s, who were the bad guys? Always Russians. The Russians. And then, of course, there was that one Cuban guy that was that's always right. with them. Well, that's, yeah, that's right. It was, always, it was, it was right. the Russian guys running yeah. everything, but the Cuban guy was, like, telling them. You remember the when they was trying to get his picture made? And yeah. he says, African baboon, Afrikansky, Bobby yeah. Do you remember that part? <laughs> yes. yes. But anyway, yes. The, yeah, no, I agree. And and the thing is that it, when that happened, when the, when the missile crisis happened, what an absurd uh, uh situation that was well you know you had you had there was some other things besides that that were that obviously the oh, it was, was it was a, it in. was politics but man. yeah but i mean russia's never been that much finally you know what the 80s taught me uh politically is that here's this literally how long did we fight the cold war here's this bear over over there that, that can do that mutually assured destruction the reality of it is finally somebody just took a stand and said listen we're not going to try to fight a war with you because you know what would happen if we did. So let's just stop this nonsense. And Gorbachev just was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And him and you're Reagan right. got to be big buddies. Yeah. And that was what Russia became. And you, they all, and that's, that was made, that's what was the absurdity of the whole Russia thing. I mean, you might collude with somebody who could actually do something, but it ain't Russia. No. But it's funny you say the Latin American politics. Because when I was in St. Vincent and the Grenadines years ago on a medical mission, uh, I was getting a little lay of the land on history. And this will show you some of the places in this world where they're not going to get freedom until they're ready. When you go out on the water and you look back at the island, you see the old cannon pedestals. And the cannons are actually facing into the island. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was one of those places where when people were trying to get to the water, they were like, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that place like that is not ready for you to come in and instill freedom. And poor George Bush took, and we're still fighting. A, I don't even know what you call what they're doing over there now. But to send our guys and trillions of dollars on a police mission, if you are one of those people in leadership, and you're, and you, let's just say when you sit around the fire with your buddies like we're doing right now, and you say, you know what, I get so damn tired of people complaining that our real goal for fighting wars is to continue the expansion of the military industrial complex you're not doing yourself any favors by staying in this war because people like us at some point it's a war that we might have backed at first at some point we're sitting back going what other reason are you there unless you can make more bullets that's it that's I, it that's what it is it started with eisenhower and it's uh... so but i'm you know what i mean it, what it, what they're doing and what George Bush started and what the current people, I think, don't get is they're making people that might have been your ally at some point. Everybody was pissed on 9-11. Everybody wanted retribution, okay? But you chasing a guy into Iraq and then starting to come up with all these reasons and all this stuff, you know, then you start all the conspiracy theories. Well, the only reason they did it was because they were going after Saddam Hussein because he tried to snipe out Bush 41. Well, why didn't Bush 41 take him out? Well, it wasn't in his charter. He was His charter was to push him back behind some parallel in 91. It wasn't in the charter to go put, uh, you know, depose Saddam Hussein. And it's just like, I just think all this is a bunch of hoo-ha, man. And it's and it, you just keep on, I mean, you could give, you could, since, because of automatic increases in spending, you could cut the Defense Department one half of 1%, and their they're, they're, they're spending uh, is still going to go up. Uh, 8% year over year 
You know what I mean? Do you ever think? Do you ever think that uh, does the thought ever come to you that you're like, who are we? Who are we to tell? You know, you ever think that to, like, why are we the ones to say that what we're doing is right? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, but everybody's got their opinion. I, I think what I think what you know, I'd like to make sure if, if um, you know, to anyone that would be that. And my wife doesn't always understand this, but you know, I have a strong opinion. Uh, but it doesn't mean that I'm always right. Yeah. And I don't, you know, so uh, who are we to say? I just don't think that there's a lot of people out there right now who think that what's going on in Afghanistan is, I mean, what for what purpose? Well, if we leave there, then you're going to have this vacuum filled by, well, you know what? That vacuum gets filled all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, and all this, there's all these theories now that have come out that they're talking about in, in uh, you know, the whole theory of I'd rather fight them over there than here. Okay, so let me make sure I understand. If you game out what your theory is, you're you're arguing that if we don't have troops in Afghanistan just kind of walking around, meandering around, you're arguing that some military force of some kind is going to invade the United States? Is that your argument? I'm not sure I completely follow, yeah. but there's some very smart people that sit there on TV and make that argument, and I just sit there and I think... I'm not sure I follow. Well, you're just too stupid. I'm talking about an airplane flying into a building or something. You know what? I guess part of what part of living in freedom. I mean, you, you know what? I, I can't. I hope I'm never a part of something like that. But I'm afraid stuff like that's just going to happen. But you know, the reality of it is, uh, there doesn't seem. This isn't defending any particular president or anything like that. But there doesn't seem to be as much of it with certain people in office. You know what I mean? When they know that there's going to be some retribution. Well, yeah, and that's not exactly some... right. Well, there, there's no empty promises. Yeah. You know, when they when they say it's going to happen. You know, Tulsi, our friend Tulsi, likes to say uh, basically that all these are regime change, regime change wars, and they've never, they've never, never worked. Not one time has, it, has a regime change war worked for the United States. Uh, well, what do you think about Syria? I mean, I don't. We may she, not, you may not have wanted to get well, off on she, this. But. You know, that, that's one of those things she gets criti- criticized for is her her connection to uh, Assad. Assad. And, and what, what do you think? You think he should be deposed? Do you think he should? I think honestly, I think we should stay out of it. I think we should stay out of it. And, and used to, I'd have been like, right, let's go, let's go, just bomb them out. But I hate it, man. I hate it. You know, but we can't. I, I, I just. I don't know. I struggle. I'm I, I'm on the fence on that one because I don't I don't necessarily think we need to be the police first force. In the I don't world. either, and I don't like because seeing... we need, we got too much crap in this country. We got to take yeah. care of. You don't want to see people gassed, you know, like they were no. gassing the Kurds. But I learned a few years ago. I think I've told you the story. And I'm not going to share it by any means. But you know, I got involved in a situation a few years back in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm not so sure that I got a, a up close and personal lesson as to even though your motives might have been good. Uh, sometimes you just need to stay out of stay certain out situations, of and uh, um, I, I'm not so sh- you know I don't want to see anybody. Certainly don't want to see see some sort of mass genocide take place because then somebody could make the argument. Well, if you're against, if you're for keeping him in power when he's gassing a million people, uh, then I guess that you would have been for Hitler doing what he did. That, that's not at all what I'm saying. But I could see where somebody could make that argument because at what point do you just say enough is enough if you're going to keep killing your own people? So, I don't know. It's a tough thing to... It is a tough thing. I would say this... We, we waited a long time before we intervened with Hitler, too, so... Yeah, and I think it. that's unfortunately what you almost have to do. You almost have to wait until it gets to the point where... And that was the point of having these United Nations t- sort of things, is where people could 
at least give each other some plausible cover. Yeah. To where, you know what, it's not just us. It's also Denmark that feels this way. Yeah. You know, or something yeah. like this. Well, you know how that's gone yeah, off yeah. the rails. Yeah. So. Well, um, let me ask you this. I think this is, this kind of, this may be unpatriotic of me, but uh, is, is not how I feel necessarily, but, a, but an interesting question I heard the other day is the president as a position, is that even necessary anymore? I mean, do we, do we, should we have one person? I understand the three branches of government, executive, legislative, judicial. Is it, is that an antiquated idea, a president? I would say this. I, I, I think we should, I, I, you know, I don't know that it's antiquated, but I would say this. If you get to the point where... <clears throat> When the next guy takes over, all he does is do a bunch of executive actions to undo what the previous guy did, and then starts just going off completely off the rails. And then the next guy comes in and undoes him and does it's the same thing. It does make you wonder what would happen if you had a three-person panel that you had to have a two-to-one vote. Um, and, and you said at all times there has to be at least a, an independent, a Republican, and a Democrat, and you ran three different people, and those three people ran... They were all three president. You had to have two out of three people, you know what I mean, or something like that. It makes you wonder because giving that mu giving one person um, that much power is because the reality of it is if if Joe Biden wins, I mean, we all know this, and, and, and if you've listened to this podcast, I mean, we're, we've been clear that we're not, I mean, we're apolitical in terms of party, um, but the reality is if he wins and he elects some, uh, which he said he was going to elect some major, major, major progressive. Um, and they start just going, I mean, it's going to be, all hell's going to break loose again. Well, I think we're already to that point of mm -hmm. one attempting to undo the other. We're already there. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if, if if it's already out of control at this point or or what or what we can even do about it. But I, I think we're... I think we're it's a it's in a dangerous situation with that right now. I think I think we are in a point of where maybe we are in a point of no return. I don't know. And I, I like I do actually I actually like that. That's kind of old uh, Julius Caesar triumvirate uh, leadership where you have three people. I, I've never even thought of it that uh, way. Well, but I mean, I, I, it makes you it makes you sit there and say to yourself, is there another way that makes more sense? But even though it's all it would do, it would almost be like a flat tax. It would never leave the halls of of the university in terms of discussion because you know it's never going to happen. It'll never happen because you because people would never let it happen because no. it's not it's not the way it's always been. It would take a, it would take a constitution it would take two thirds of the states to even allow yeah. for a vote like you know I mean a, a constitutional amendment I don't even see that being pushed for anymore just because it's so, it takes so much to get it done and the country's so divided it's hard to um, but you know I, I mean you got what you've got going on now is you've got. You've already got uh, this whole, the, all of this movement was about money. That's all this was about. And and so there are people that, that let me say, let me rephrase that. I think there are people who uh, were genuinely, uh, just uh, everybody, I mean, it bothered you if you watched what happened. It had to bother you with that guy. But there were people who, who I think were, are reasonable people who, who maybe feel like there are some systemic issues or something like that. The broader thing is it's all about money because you've already seen some of the CEOs and these companies and some of the budgets where this money's getting moved to because 
these people, these Al Sharpens of the world, and these people who are already screaming, the the, the BET uh, CEO, founder, whatever, said he wants $15 trillion in reparations. Well, they know they can never go get that uh, you know, on a vote. And so what you're seeing is it's the Jesse Jackson playbook where he's been extorting like he did with Coca-Cola. He got his son a Budweiser distributorship because oh, yeah. he went after Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. And so what you're seeing is his playbook broadened, and what they're doing is all this stuff now you've got – I mean, I can tell you five CEOs of five different companies who have said we're we, oh, we're taking a billion dollars and we're spending it on here with this. You've got um, the the police department budgets in Los Angeles and New York that said they're not going to steer hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars into um, uh, public schools and this and that and the other that they're going to call for. So it's they're almost. Who, that who does was, that benefit? Who's that supposed to benefit? It's going to benefit the people that are handing it out, like it always has. <laughs> it's, that drives me insane. I mean, the guy that the, the best guy. I wish I could think of his name right now, but he comes on Fox every now and then. But he he is a he's a he's an older black gentleman. I know you're talking. And he about. was the head of the civil right one of the civil rights movements back in the day. And to listen to him talk, and how embarrassed he is by what these people are doing. Um, I mean, I, I, I wish I could think of his name, but I mean, it's just to listen to a guy like that. That's that's the real deal. Producer Colin, maybe they'll find. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's up. an older gentleman, but um, older uh, older gentleman on Fox News. Yeah, he he was on commentator, former civil rights leader. Yeah, he he. I forget his name, but it's it's. What you said, Fox News twice, and you said CNN once. So we need to add another CNN. Yeah, there second. you go. Make sure we add another CNN here. Uh, so. It's it's. All right, so here's here's my here's my next question for you. Um, is it if you're getting out to vote, if you're if you're wanting to make an impact in the world or in our world, which is the United States of America, uh, is local politics or national politics more important? You know, it's a great question because I would say that the, the founders of this country were hopeful that maybe local politics would be more important, but I don't think that that's the case because um, they're not the ones with the deep pockets that are sitting there advertising themselves all over the place. The media doesn't care about local politics as much. Um, but Unless local, something bad happens. Yeah, well, strong local politicians could have saved us from COVID-19. We could have saved us. If you would have had the, I would argue that the uh well what's the best way to put it um the gelding of that's not a great way to put it the uh the 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 lack of importance that has been placed on local politics over the years reared its head during covid 19 because mayors and governors i mean mayors were sitting there going well i just we just have to do what the governor says you know i don't think so and i think now that there's some people that have the stuff has come out that there's been some court cases, there's been some other stuff where people have litigated it, and there have been some people that have, very smart people, that said, you could have done whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. You're choosing to, you can either choose to lock all these people down, or you could choose to let them go. There were some mayors who stood up. That There were some mayors, yeah. not in I don't necessarily think it was in Tennessee, but there were some mayors who said, we're going to do what we want to do. And good on them for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you think you can, um, if that's what your constituency I mean, to me, it's if, if you're in, in rural Tennessee, I think you could lean toward saying you guys need to do what you want because we believe in complete freedom by and large in places like where we live. Now, if you're in um, uh, Malibu, 
you're going to be expected to stay home. And I think most people probably would agree with that because that's where the predominant viewpoint of the West Coast and the Northeast is that they should just stay home and be paid, you know, twice what they were making or maybe not, maybe just what they were making, whatever. Um, and so, you know, you, you have to govern. The problem, I think, for people like me is that they were governing like we were Los Angeles. And you were, you were enforcing the same rules on me as you would somebody in San Diego yeah. or in yeah. or in Manhattan. And I'm not, we're not the same animal. We don't believe the same things. If I wanted to to uh, abide by Manhattan's rules, then I probably would move to, to New York. Well, you but, know, so, some of that, the same type of stuff happens in education. That we, in education, you typically end up doing the things that they do in Texas yeah. and California. And it's, it, it stinks. I mean, I, it doesn't apply to rural Tennessee. Why does that happen? Just, I don't know. That's, I mean, it's one of those, one of those, we're in the, for, they're in the forefront, that's who we do. It's kind of like, you remember uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s when, when in Tennessee, were you, you were you in Tennessee? You weren't in Tennessee yet, were you? I got here in 93. Okay, well you might have caught the tail end of it, but the low riders came around here, you know, you had the short, yeah. the small, the small body trucks with the short, oh, yeah. low ground with the, the wide wheels. Well, have they been doing that in California for 30 years? Yeah. But it came here later because we do what the West Coast does. And, and that, that blows my mind. I don't understand that. I don't understand uh, for us, uh, you know, obviously we don't need to do what Appalachia does. But Well, you've been out to the West Coast. Is there something that, that struck you as a Tennessean? You're a Tennessean by birth. Yes. I'm not. Correct. So it, but I also it, lived in Alabama, too. Right. So. Okay. Well, close, you know, similar geographically. Is there something from the West Coast that was so grand that you would export it back to here tomorrow? No, but I mean. Except for the fact that it's it's adjacent to a, an ocean. Which well, I mean, even if, even at that, I'd rather have the Gulf of Mexico than the Pacific Ocean. Right. But is there something that was so great about your experience there? Not really. I mean, it was cool. There was cool places about it, but there was not things that I thought that you know what i'd rather li be here than in tennessee could you live your life as cool as the hollywood hills are no could yeah. you live your life without having gone through the hollywood hills oh yeah, yeah I i'm yeah, saying yeah. I, I just can't i don't understand this fa fascination with the west coast i don't either. because i've been out there and i didn't see anything no. that i would export back to tennessee because i thought you know what i love this so much that i i wish so badly they had this in tennessee yeah. i didn't see one thing no. and and you know now i can't say that about colorado because i would love to have those kind of skiable mountains here but if you go <laughs> well, to, uh over gatlinburg right? yeah yeah was it like 33 acres <laughs> but you go to denver and i can't stand the city of denver um there's nothing there's not a single thing in denver that i would say man i would love to have this in tennessee except for driving through and getting out the west side and going to the skis to, to the ski slopes I, I don't understand this fascination with the West Coast. Yeah. It's all this, it's progressive mentality, and it, it somehow, you know, the, the, this is, I don't understand why we couldn't just be a little bit tribal, where I know we, we disagree with, with the whole polit politic tribes, but what I do agree with is 50 different unique states, and you guys, listen, if you want to live and you want to uh, leave people, let let people just sleep on the streets. If you want to, uh, 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 you know, allow people to whatever they want to do. As far as if I'm born a man and I say that I am a 
you know, a a uh, uh, marmoset with with uh, three pieces of genitalia, and that's how <laughs> I uh, want to identify myself. That you're okay with that, and all those different things. I am totally cool with all of that. But that that's just that's you. Yeah. yeah. Why you feel the need to import, and that's what I take exception to with progressives. I don't have a problem with you being progressive. I don't have a problem with you being some, you know, with the fact that probably 95% of your opinions are based on raw emotion, which I totally generally disagree with, but I get that that's the way you, I don't have a problem with any of that. What I have a problem with is that you feel like everybody else needs to think that's right. Because the way we behave and the way we live our lives here where we live, I don't, you know, and you wonder why, uh, so many people, I mean, you wonder why Nashville it was a it was the best kept secret. I always said when I moved there in '93 that Nashville was the best kept secret in the world. My dad said the same thing. Well, the secret's been out for about eight, ten years now, and it's just you know you come down here and it's kind of like live and let live a little bit. And um, I don't I, I have no desire to try to force my. No. Uh, it, it, we can sit here and we can talk into a, a microphone and tell you what our opinions are, but that's as far as it goes. You can say. I'm not listening to these guys anymore because what they say is based on nothing and they don't know a damn thing about what they're talking about. Well, that's okay. Yeah. You have the freedom to turn it off. That's right. You know? Well, and, and, I, and I talked about this. I had this conversation yesterday. Basically, the, the whole idea of what, what exists now is if you, if, you, if you disagree with somebody or maybe you – no, I'll take it back. If you don't agree, if you agree, if you have a different point of view than somebody, I'll, tell you, I'll say it that way. If you have a different point of view than somebody – on a particular subject, uh, in in today's world, that that means you could be canceled. You're labeled. It, it doesn't mean, and to me, like like if I and for instance, I'll use Drew Brees, and I don't want to oh, get down that rabbit hole. But, that, but that's a great but, thing. But Drew yeah. Brees says that he stands for he stands for national anthem. He's patriotic. All right. He didn't say. Yeah, but have you heard what he said now? What does he say now? I missed that He's one. He's been apologizing. Oh, he said now that he said, we need to stop talking about the flag. It's not about the flag anymore. I've spent time well, with... you know why he said that. Oh, I know exactly why. he took why. a beating on social media and everywhere else. I, I but, thought he was... I thought he... I like Drew. I'm not going to say anything well, bad about him, but, but let's, I hate let's, that he caved. But go ahead. Yeah, let's rewind to the original statement. Yeah. And he basically said that he was patriotic. Yeah. That, that was his statement. Yeah. He was patriotic. So by saying he was patriotic, didn't mean he didn't support Colin Kaepernick or he didn't support... Black Lives Matter. He didn't support whatever protest is going on over there. He said that he was patriotic, but the way it was spun was that he was patriotic. That means he's against anybody protesting the flag. Well, the, the, and and here's the thing: the reason they went black at him, and and here's the part that um, if you want to look, I don't. If you want to protest, however you want to protest, go ahead, man. But as an owner of a team, I yeah. have the right to fire your ass. If if I say as the owner of the team and that, like Jerry Jones did, we're going to stand for the national anthem, and you don't, I can can you, okay? It's a right to work state. But um, the thing that, that that nobody seems to ask is, and that I don't seem to understand. Again, I mean, I'm not I'm not a very smart guy, but they they went after him and said he doesn't know what he's talking about. Anybody who thinks that this is about the flag, the kneeling, yeah. doesn't understand the movement, and you're too ignorant and this that and the other. If it's not about the flag, why don't you just kneel every time somebody scores a touchdown? Yeah. Why don't you kneel, uh, like let's say as well, you're going in at halftime, why don't you get three or four of you to stop short in the middle of the field? I guarantee you everybody would still see you 
if you were going to your opposing uh, locker rooms yeah. and 10 people came together in the middle of the field and they knelt down, or after the game when people come together and pray a lot of times, yeah. you come and you kneel. No, you chose the national anthem. Yeah. So to sit here and disparage other people because they're questioning you about why you're doing it during the national anthem, you're trying to change, you're trying to move the goalposts, no pun intended, because you can't really have that argument. You can't sit there and, and choose to do it during the national anthem and then turn around and say it's got nothing well, to do with the what, national what anthem. I was, what I was getting to the point, the point of was that you could not say anything and you're disagreeing. Oh, yeah. If you don't say anything, yep. you're disagreeing. In this day and age, which I disagree with, I, I have the right to, like, if, if I don't want to go tell a homeless having a protest Friday or Saturday, whenever it is, if I don't want to go, I support protesting. I support them protesting. I don't have a problem with it at all. But if I don't want to go, that doesn't mean I don't support that protest. That means I don't want to go. I don't want to. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily want to be there. But that doesn't mean that I don't support the cause. And but I think that's where we're at in this world. If me and you and Colin decide we're not going to go protest on Saturday, and I'm not talking about people here necessarily in Tulsa, because I think I think people know me and they know us that that's not what we, that's not what we mean. But in other parts of the world, if you don't take a stand you're against it no and and here's the thing and, and a lot of people can't live with that and i don't think necessarily that i'm not one of those people that thinks that that like psychology or sociology if i had a kid going to college i'm not sure i would steer them in that direction um just because it can be difficult to 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 really make enough money to justify getting that college degree yeah. unless you become a teacher or something like that, you generally might work into some other profession, you know what I mean, or get an advanced degree, but just an undergraduate in sociology. But I did read a paper from somebody that was, at, I want to say like the University of Iowa, or something like that, and it was uh, uh, one of the, I mean, it was just, I don't know how this even got, because I don't think you're not supposed to even publish, unless maybe with their permission, but uh, it was a great point, because they said that, uh, we live in a world now. See, back in when we were kids, uh, if there was a problem, I'd come to your locker before first period, and I'd say, "All right, uh, if we got a problem, we're gonna go out right now, and we're gonna be late for class, and you might whip my ass, or I might whip yours, but somebody is gonna do we're it. We're gonna solve this. We're gonna solve it, and then after we get done fighting, I'm telling you now, win, lose, or draw, we're gonna shake hands and we're gonna move on. And that was how I dealt with it. That was how we operated as kids." We didn't hate you forever. We might not have been the best of friends, but we're going to get this. And and you know we didn't it, it, we didn't have all. Nowadays you've got everybody. You got ten kids, right? You watch a basketball game, and you look at the student section, and you got twenty kids over there, and they're all on their phones talking to each other. But they won't talk to each other. Yeah, sit next to each other. And so they lose the the this this uh, ability to have their. Uh, have that that real uh, sort of tender outside skin ripped apart a few times to where it kind of hardens them up a little bit, and you realize that this is life. And so kids now, when or you know, even young adults, when somebody tells them, you know, well, if you don't agree with what I'm telling you, and you don't don't call that to be racist, sexist, misogynist, whatever, then you're a part of the problem. They immediately go, well, I, I don't want to be a part of the problem. Yeah, I'm gonna say what you yeah, say. Yeah, I'm gonna say whatever you say because I don't like conflict. Yeah. Instead yeah. of saying, uh. I don't care what you say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's just you're in a different world, man, and that's uh, the only thing that I told Colin, I told Colin this multiple times. I told him from the age of about twelve till about seventeen 
there wasn't a day that went by that I thought I might get my ass kicked. Oh, yeah. For something I said or did, yep. there was something that could have happened that I disagreed with somebody and then we were going to fight. And that was, but that doesn't happen. Now, some, now parents come and bail you out. Whatever. Yep. You don't do that anymore. I was going to say one more thing about that is uh, I, I hate, I, I am not a racist, a white supremacist, anywhere close to that. But I hate the fact that they're that they're tearing down Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond, and, and because of the historical side of it, you are if you go if you go to the uh, uh, Arlington Cemetery, you go to Arlington National Cemetery in in D.C. and you see the disarray that Robert E. Lee's house is on on the grounds of of Arlington. I'm like, come on, guys! I don't I I hate that because but that doesn't mean because I. Because I don't necessarily think that I'm a historian. I love history. I'm a his, former history teacher. Because I don't think they should tear Robert E. Lee's statue down does not make me against the cause of what people are protesting. Yeah. Do you think that? I mean, do you, we need to sit down? Do you, we need to do have you, that conversation and say, Do you really man. though? See that that's the thing is 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 I read that book that you gave me, and um, there were some things in there that just blew me away. Um, you know, the, the talk about a uh, confederacy. Yeah. yeah, but uh, great book, by the way. It is, you know, but it. it I, I'm not so sure. Here's here's where I've come full circle with this. Which, by the way, disclaimer was written by a New Yorker. So yeah, Confederacy Attic yeah. is not a white supremacist race. Oh no, the uh, guy. But, the guy is a. It was a left leaning guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, um, shit, it threw me off track. Now. Sorry. No, Sorry you're fine. That. Um, oh. Uh, I was talking about, oh God! Now I got to talk. I got to thinking about that book, and now it threw me off track. <laughs> um, I just wanted to get that disclaimer in there. You're talking. I'll about, think of it here in a second. You're talking about. You're talking about your what, what you read in that book, and about how we're talking about Lee getting the statue of Lee getting torn down in the house. Oh right, right, right. Do you think that that it is? Uh, oh, oh, I know what I was what I was getting at. I've come full circle on it at, at my old age now, to where I when I was younger, I, I felt I thought you know what. Uh, I think it's just, it's ridiculous, da-da-da-da-da. Well, then it may be in my 30s, late 30s, I said, maybe we should have the conversation, right? Maybe we should get these people from this side and these people from this side and put them together and have that conversation. Well, I'm not so sure now at my age now, I don't think you should have that conversation. I think that if you don't understand why good history, bad history, indifferent in history... It's not for me to say. It's history. It's the history of this yes. country. And for people to try to tear things down like that, to uh, I don't understand. And I don't think there's a conversation that can take place that can justify it. Because now you're 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 completely whoever's tearing that down. I got to think is probably something to do with the governor there, who's a complete blithering idiot. Ralph Northam's his name. Anyway, well, where does it stop? I don't know. But what what possible rationale? could you have unless you're doing it out of just total fear yeah because i mean if you want to talk if, if it's about slavery then there's a whole lot of northern generals we probably need to uh, take their statues down if it's about if it's about tyranny and treason then we need to go ahead and take down the, fa the founding fathers because they did the same thing yeah. against great britain so there, there's a lot of things to me historic that have historical value and and lee of, of all people if you're if you're from the state of virginia uh lee decided to fight for the Confederates, he did his job because he was supporting his state. Exactly, he he had more pride in his state 
at the time, which, I, you know, I got to respect that. I don't agree with any of his. Well, let me ask you this. His, his slave ownings or any of the past history. I don't agree with any of that. But I, I, I hate the fact that we're just erasing parts of history that. We are, but, but this is where, this is the part, this has been my, my theory, is that the racism thing has been over for a long time. There might be a few hints of it and washes in and out in this country in certain places, but by and large, it's gone, okay? White culture, most white people, as their kids are coming up, they listen to hip-hop. I did, yeah. okay? I have, I mean, we, we accept the black culture and have for years, so I don't believe all that. My question to you is, because I have my own theory about it, and, and I would, I guess my theory would prove that I think racism, we're going to get beyond racism no matter how things turned out. But, you know, it's well documented that Lincoln was basically said if uh, slavery perpetuates uh, the Union, I'm for it. If it is going to tear the Union apart, then I'm against it. That, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He was all about saving the Union. He was. It and didn't he matter didn't on care. all costs. Yeah. So let's just, let's just go, um, uh, what's the, what's the, the show we like so much? Uh, Man in the High Castle. On. Let's oh, go revisionist yeah. history. Yeah, 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 tell, yeah. Me what ha tell me what it looks like in 19, let's call it 1940, if the Civil War... Uh, if the the Confederates would have won the Civil War, what does it look like in 1940 or 1950 in this country? I think slavery's already gone. See, I that's what I think it's gone anyway. I agree with you. It's not, you know, and, and but what does that what does that tell you more broadly? That 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 I think people inherently and morally know it's a wrong thing it's to wrong, do, yeah. and it's not going to be something that people are going to want to perpetuate. Right. I don't understand. There were some bad people, just like they're bad cops, but that wanted to per perpetuate it. But sure, they're dying off. They are, and they're, they're, but there they always the will be those people, yeah, there's right? Be. But so there's always going to be fringe people. I guess the point of what, the reason I was asking is I thought that's how you were going to answer because I think one of the proofs, the actual logical it, through 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 debate, the way you could prove that this country's not racist is if the Civil War would have turned out differently. I think slavery still is a a stain on the past, but that's all it is because it's still going to go away. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, I can't fathom, and my dad, it was the same way. Nobody's, I've never talked to anybody that's for separate bathrooms, separate drinking fountains. Yeah. The thought of that is absurd. Yeah. So to say that we haven't come a long way when I'm sitting here yeah. thinking to myself how ridiculous that even sounds, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just don't, I don't that's, buy it. I had that same conversation today. And, and and the conversation was basically a lot of a lot of old school people as they die off these ideas die with them and because you know the modern generations aren't about that so all right i got one more question actually it's it's a two-part question but it goes along they're, they're together and we'll wrap it up uh how important is it to in your world in our world how important is it for people to gather together, get in kayaks, and, and cross a, a lake and camp out on an island all night long. How important is that to you? Oh, it's very important until uh, I can't get into, I don't <laughs> yeah, want to get too graphic. No, I'm talking about the event. Until the next morning. But I, I got to be honest with you, man. I look, last year, I look forward to it. The day when we were kayaking back, I was like, I can't wait till next year. And the same thing happened. I was tired as crap. My butt was I wiped could not feel, out Saturday. I was, I was exhausted. I felt like crap. 
but all I could think about was I can't wait till next year. Yeah, it's it's just fun, man. It's fun to sit there and uh, just just getting together, getting everybody together because it doesn't happen very often. No, um, no. And you know, we it, it it is fun to to get everybody in one place where we can kind of just do what we want to do. But I, I would love to do it more often, but at the same time, I don't, it's kind of sacred. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it is. You don't want to do it so often that it just is not. I, I pro, Craig, I promise you, the day we, the, the first time we did it, I thought about it all the time. I need a bed, man. I, I, I agree. This, this hammock agree. thing. It, I didn't sleep a lick. Oh, I slept. I slept two hours, but uh, it was. But to me, I slept that, all the, day. And and I, I've got this article, I've got this article that I saved, that um, it, it was. It's by the website, The Art of Manliness. It's a pretty cool website, but I saved this article like five years ago, and the article is why you should hold gentlemen dinners, and it's it's really kind of cool where you yearly you have a gathering of your male friends and you eat steak, you drink whiskey, you smoke cigars, you and you talk trash <laughs> and whatever else. But but I, I want you to think about something though, and I thought about this too. You think about if we go to one location like we did on the island. And we sit around. What's the potential of ideas that come out? You know, there's some things that could potentially grow from from a meeting like that. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's been behind. You know, for several years. You now you get these people that take. You know, my dad was with AT and T. They would the take retreats. them on these. Yeah. Yeah. No phones. No this. No yeah. that. The. the uh, I think what we do is totally voluntary, and I think that makes it. That's Makes where it, you can really get some yeah, ideas. I, when you're there by force, it's yeah, it's not. We no. we could if we really and, I, and I'm going to, at some point in time, I've, I've been thinking about it. I'm going to do the gentleman thing at some point in time where we get together, and it's not formal by any means, but it's big old slab of meat, bottles of whiskey, cigars, and we talk we talk about how we can change the world or how what business we can do to make money, whatever it may be. I think it'd be You're like a Mason's meeting. It, it kind of is. Have you ever heard of the the Doke? I don't, I'm not even saying that right. I'm sure the, the, uh-uh. I, I can't. Anyways, it's a society of, of of former law enforcement detectives, FBI, psychologists, whatever else. They gather once a year and they they pick a cold case to solve, and that's what they do. Oh no, I, it's fantastic. I love it. I have, I have to find that for next time. But uh, this, the last question I want to ask you that this is a request from Wendy, okay. and it's based about the campout. And it says, uh, and speaking of the island campout, how in the world did you pull off the campout knowing that the next day was your anniversary? Oh, yeah. Well, I have an understanding wife. So <laughs> she, she she got to go shopping Saturday morning. So that made all the difference. Uh, I guess. I mean, when you get together, when you're together as long as we are, I mean, we met in 1993. We dated for six years and we got married in 98. So we've been married 22 years and dated for six. So we've been, I'm 47. And we've been together for 28 years, so I've been with her well over half of my life. So, you know, she I, gets it. I guess. I mean, I, I think there is that aspect of making it special. And had I not gone camping, I might have not been just plastered to the sofa, then to my bed, then back on the sofa. So I might have could have made it a little more special. <laughs> but uh, she probably appreciated the time alone. Anyway. Yeah, and quite honestly, I mean, uh, I've never forgotten our anniversary, but I remember it right around the, the the days preceding it because it's not something that she and I necessarily circle. And so when the date was picked for the campout, I did not. It did not dawn on me <laughs> that it was that close. 
Not that I would have requested a change because I didn't care, but uh, my wife is one of the more understanding human beings on this uh, on this earth, and so you know. But now I, I had a good time. I had a good time. I did too. I had a blast. I can't wait for next year to be. I fun. was wiped. I was wiped. I slept for ever Saturday afternoon, but now it was worthless. But it was great. I enjoyed it. So uh, before we leave, anything else? Any thoughts? Any producer calling? Anything? You can find us at MNC Podcast on Twitter. You can find us at MilkandCornbreadForAmerica.com. You can find us at milkandcornbreadforamerica at gmail.com. Ask us questions. If you want to come talk to us, feel free to come talk to us. I, w- I wish somebody would. That'd be awesome. I hate that we turn, you know, but I mean, I, I guess that's what's going on in the world. You know, yeah. it's hard It's hard not to talk about. I think it's funny that we started off with, it, it was ask cornbread questions that we started off with stock market and ended up, all, I mean, yeah. that, but that's that's a normal driveway it conversation is a normal. to me. And I'm not so sure that they're not all intertwined somehow because no, I think you're right. Um, I think that the people that are, I do think that that there are a lot of there's there's a few puppet masters in this country, and I think when there's war and chaos is when they flourish. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that uh, because they can, they're more in the shadows. I think, uh, I think calm and steady sort of ferrets out. Uh, some of that stuff. And, that makes sense. You know, I mean, coming from you, that makes that makes real sense. Well, I don't right? know. I mean, think about it. You look back at all of the, you know, the most damage that they've done. They did during the depression. They did in in the uh, '09 debacle. Um, you know, the you had the the wi- uh, price and wage fixing of the '70s. You know, with Nixon and and uh, and in the Carter administration. And then you've got you know the like I said the '09 uh, housing bust, which was a complete Federal Reserve setup. Yeah. And then you have it now, and and you had the perfect storm of a of a disease that did you? They're they're having. It's just. Let me ask you this. I know you were wanting to wrap up, but I, I got to ask you this question. That's all right. I don't know if it's a what would you say or what do you think these people are gonna say, but the evidence now that the COVID thing has been a total. Uh, sales job is starting to come out. Yeah. They're... When the WHO, who is the most, oops. Yeah. When they're the ones that are now coming out and saying these things, you know that it's it actually was discovered about two months ago, and they're just now having to begrudgingly give you the you know. How do you play this off? How do you play this one? I understand you can play off impeaching somebody, or this or that, but I got to know how you can play off. And how you can how you can sit there and say, you must stay in your home with no contact, unless you want to go stand shoulder to shoulder with somebody and throw a flaming whiskey bottle through the apple window, <laughs> and because then because the virus the virus is a little bit political and many people don't know this. So if you're listening, you're going to learn yeah, something right now. The virus knows whether or not you're protesting or not. If smart. you are, yeah, smart it is virus. smart. It is, and so if you're protesting, then the six feet apart thing, the virus knows, and it says, "I'm not going to jump on that person. It's only two feet from me because, by God, they're doing something righteous. They're protesting." But if you're going to church, for example, yeah. and you're or liquor store. three or yeah, three or four feet apart, then the virus knows that, and they say, "Well, you're too close. I'm going to jump over and give you COVID." Yeah. yeah, can't get your hair cut. So, but I mean, it, what, what do you? What? How would you? Uh, 
what would you say if you were one of the people that had been pressing and pressing and you were in a in a uh, an elevated position as an elected official what would you say I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you this i i don't have i don't have a good answer to that one but i can tell you this i remember my mom said this about two months ago and she said i think we're going to be very pissed when we find out what this is all about Ain't no doubt and and you and go I'll, back to our first show and i think you'll get a little hint of that <laughs> i think you're right but my, my honestly craig my only fear my only fear is because I, I could give a crap. I don't care what they say at this point in time. I, I have become partyless. I've become yeah. politically homeless. I don't care what they say. I could care less. Yep. I, I'm, I'm to the point of where I I'm, like ready, I'm ready to move to Belize. I want to go ahead. Great place. That's what I. But 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 here's what I worry about. Here's what I worry about. Get out of Belize City when you land. Just, just. <laughs> I, I legitimately I worry about what's next. What what fake thing is next? What well, could it be? So is it going to be? So you're, is it going to be? I saw one. Your day, theory I saw one is that this was a. The, uh, saw, it showed the mountain, and it was the Pillsbury Doughboy walking like in Ghostbusters, walking over the top of the mountain. That was the next thing that was coming. So your theory is that this was just the canary that went into the coal mine, and now that the canary came out and they said all's good, they're really, really fixing to start the mining. Something, something bad's about. Oh, that. Okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe this. Maybe. But maybe this is good. Maybe this. Is, maybe this. Is, Realistic, but I, I just have to. I have a feeling that Sharknado's next. Well, something well, like Sharknado. Let me ask you or, this: or, uh, Killer, Killer Cantaloupe. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Uh, when you're a uh, typically progressive, but uh, or a a a just weak kneed Republican, Lindsey Graham type, um, if you had just uh, shoved COVID down uh, 330 million people's throat. And the, and about 250 million went along with it, lock, stock, and barrel. And your whole point of your whole life is for to perpetuate your power. It's the Leviathan. What do you think they're gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, so I, when you ask, is there gonna be something else? Of course, there's gonna, gonna, gonna be, be something, something else. else. I'm just curious as to what it's gonna be. <laughs> I, I think it does make you best. wonder. Please send us a tweet. On at MSC Podcast and tell us what you think the next thing is I know be. what it's going to be. Let me say this. You know how, like, when they make a movie now, uh, the second and the third one and the fourth one, when they run out of things, they just make, oh, well, we need to make Fast and the Furious 46 yeah. because we can't think of anything else. If they can't find something else to latch on to, we're going to have COVID-21. Or COVID twenty. COVID twenty. Oh yeah, it's going to nineteen point five. And and so what will happen is when Colin's kids and Sam's kids are adults, they're going to be on like uh, uh, version uh, sixty four Redux of the COVID because they can't come up with you. I don't think they can ever come up with one this good. No, no. you know. Look, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one last thing, and we're we're gonna cancel it. All right. and you're gonna say your thing. I'm gonna see if Colin remembers it. Actually, uh, here's a, here's an article. I don't know if it's legitimate or not, but a friend of mine sent it to me. Movieweb.com. It says the Rock. Is the third most backed presidential candidate behind Biden and Trump? I'm voting for The Rock. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it does make you wonder because I, I would say this. I mean, what other place in this world can a Jesse the Body Ventura be governor right, of the governor, state, or, or the Terminator be governor of the <laughs> oh, state too? Oh dear God! So all right, so uh, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. We we we've got a few more episodes left this summer for our episode, our season one. I'm sorry. Um, we're gonna. I think we're gonna try that. We got an interview with somebody who I think will probably disagree with. A lot of things we say, so it should good. be a conversation. Yeah. Good conversation. We're potentially going to have a local politician, and then we're going to wrap it up with episode ten. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we'll we'll get it, we'll get it knocked out. But uh, before we leave, 
Uh, does Colin remember the statement, the quote of Cornbread himself? The earth is slow. But no. The, the oxen are slow, but the earth is patient. And he's very, very living proof of that, our producer. Very li living proof with the 54 right. Film Fest. Get on him. See you next time. See you.